My name is Stevie Richards and I'm the owner and founder of Stevie Richards Fitness. I started Stevie Richards Fitness with one simple mission statement, to help others. I know what it's like to be injured. I know what it's like to be hurt. I know what it's like to be in pain each and every day of your life. I also know how to modify to overcome that pain, to overcome that discomfort, to overcome your injuries. And that's why I created the programs I did at Stevie Richards Fitness. Every single exercise has a modification. Everything can be successfully completed, no matter your age or fitness level. And that's what I infused in the 12 and 16 week resistance band training programs to pass along to you at an affordable, accessible price. Believe in yourself because I believe in you and I'm here to help you every step of the way. What's going on, everybody? I am the Nerd, and this is the Voices of Misery podcast today, Sunday, June 16, 2019, and I'm a little aggravated right now, man. The reason is because I've been trying to record this intro for the past couple of minutes now, and I keep failing, man, so I keep deleting it, redoing it, and I'm like, you know what? Let's just fucking go with the flow here, man, because I am nervous and I'm excited because I have someone on the show today that I'm very interested in what they do, and I want to learn more about them. Now, I haven't been this nervous in a very long time, man. I mean... I feel like this is a huge fucking guess right now. And it's 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 not like a household name. It's not like Karen Parsons was, you know, from the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Name drop, you know. We love her. She, she she's a friend of the show. But um no, like this guy is a part of something I know absolutely nothing about, which is the furry community. So I am I'm hoping I can learn more about this uh you know, this like lifestyle, this way of life, this hobby, this habit, whatever you want to call it. I I want to learn some more today about it and uh and he's like a LGBTQ guy. Uh, he's into the furries, which is like a thing where like you, you I guess like you, you make costumes and you dress up in like, you know, stuff. I, I guess I, I, I don't know anything about it and I want to learn more. So I, I did an episode a while back, as you guys know, it's like a fetish episode. And this was one of the things I talked about was were the furries. So I'm very excited this guy reached out to us and uh, he's like, hey, man, you know, I, uh, I run this T-shirt website um, I'm part of the LGBT community and I'm also a furry. So I'm like, holy shit. He checked off all the boxes of shit that I enjoy. Weird shit that I just want to learn about, man. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to poke a little fun. And, uh, I, I did make him aware. So it's, it's, it's all going to be respect and love because I mean, at, at, at the end of it all, like you could be into whatever you're into in life and it doesn't matter, you know, like as long as you enjoy it and it's not hurting anybody else and have fun, do what the hell you want to do. And I'm a big proponent of that here at the Voices of Misery podcast. Do what the hell you want and have a good time. Well, with that said, I just want to give a little, uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> introduction here for the podcast. I am a little sick too, by the way. Uh, the weather's getting nice here. And my throat is just fucking clogged, man. Like, it, I, I don't know what the hell's going on here. But I, I've been very clogged up, a little, uh, you know, sinus infection going on here. But I am going to be a soldier for you people. And because I'm selfish and I want this guy to come on the show because I'm very excited to talk to him. He's going to be very fun. His name is Neil. But yeah, um, yeah, we're going to have a good time. We're going to talk a little bit. And uh, yeah, this is this is going to be a fun episode, man. I hope you guys enjoy it. And uh, we do we did record an episode last night. That was kind of fun. And uh, we're going to post that one. Here we go, man. My fucking voice is going. All you sexy voice fans here. Uh, <clears throat> shit. I got to do something about this. But yeah, when we come back from the break, <clears throat> God damn it. But yeah, when we come back from the break, we're going to have him on the show, and I'm going to do something to fix this goddamn voice here of mine. I'm going to do a little lozenge or something like that, and uh, yeah, we're going to get to it, so here we go. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with our guest. His name is Neil, and I'm very excited, Neil, because thank you for coming on first. <laughs> but Yeah, absolutely. But dude, I am very excited because, you know, like I, I actually had an episode a while back where I was talking about like things that just interest me. And uh, this came up, actually, the, the whole furry thing. So it's kind of like fate, divine intervention kind of brought us together, I think, because this is <laughs> something I want to know more about. Awesome. Well, I, I've been a furry since uh, late 2011, so it's been a couple of years for me. And uh, yeah, I, you know, I've been immer- uh, immersed in the culture, so hopefully I can answer some of your questions. Yeah, excellent. And so, so first off, like, what exactly is a furry? That is a really good question, and uh, the definition can vary from person to person. Um, a common misconception is that a furry is a person with a fursuit, which is a uh, if you've ever seen, you know, a mascot costume at a baseball game, it's basically like that, except more expensive and generally, uh, uh, generally, you know, custom fit just for that one person. Um, however, uh, that is actually not the definition of a furry. Um, many furries do have fursuits, but uh, when there's surveys done of the community, um, there's a there's actually a great website that your uh, your audience can go to called Fur Science F U R Science. And uh, they do a survey every year of a bunch of uh, of a bunch of furries from all over the world. And uh, what they find is that only about one third of furries actually have a fursuit that they own themselves. Uh, the rest of the community just um, you know goes to the conventions either you know just dressed as themselves or like just with a tail or something like that. And uh, so anyway, long long answer to your question, but. Uh, <laughs> In general, uh, a definition of a furry would be a person who enjoys uh, artwork and anthropomorphic animals. So uh, an anthropomorphic animal is just an animal with human characteristics. And it can be anything from like the Lion King, which is basically just animals that can talk, all the way up to something like Zootopia, where, you know, you have essentially uh, animals with uh, a lot of human characteristics, like walking on two legs and all of that stuff. Oh, okay, okay. So um, I was just checking out your website, artworkt.com. Uh, you guys have some very cool sh- t-shirts and designs and stuff like that out there. And uh, my question is, like, it, well, my, my question is like, do you guys make these suits yourselves? And how much would a suit cost to make? That is an excellent question. So in general, uh, someone commissions a suit from a specialist, a, a maker who uh, you know specializes in making fursuits as their uh, either a part-time or a full-time job because it is a really complicated process and it's something that, uh, especially working with um, long pile fur, so fur that's over you know maybe let's say over half an inch, working with long fur is actually really difficult when you're when you're working with a sewing machine. Um, so in general, uh, most people will. Uh, in general, most people will commission it from uh, from a maker, and uh, a low a low end a low end fursuit is two thousand. Oh my god, <laughs> uh, yeah. bucks. And that that's like just a head can go for two thousand. Um, Jesus. Depending on uh, depending on the maker, depending on how good they are, how long they've been in the business, all kinds of stuff like that. What's crazy is that. Even with the prices as they are, and I mean, you can look on the different um, the different websites of these makers, and some of them, you know, their standard price is five thousand. 
like and that's not including things if you want you know led lights or you know something special added to it Wait a second. Um, led lights holy crap these things get elaborate huh Oh my God! You should, uh, I, I know it's a podcast, so I, I can't uh, I can't show your viewers, but uh, the uh, I can paint a mental picture. So there, there I met a furry at a convention in Canada who has an otter fur suit, and he actually has a Wi-Fi symbol on the back of his fur suit that actually lights up, and he has lights all over it, and uh, he uh, and of course is like a a. Uh, uh, a little uh, transmitter in his paw, in his hand, where if you touch your phone to it, you get his his Twitter it pulls up on your phone. It's it's awesome. <laughs> that is absolutely incredible. I could definitely use him for marketing this show. <laughs> hey, there you go. <laughs> oh my god! But dude, like I went down a rabbit hole the other night. I was just typing up because I was so excited when he reached out to the show, and I'm like, oh my god, this is this is what I've been needing in my life because. I'm I'm a big fan of just finding out why people do things, like why people do the things they do, and and like I've been into some weird stuff when I was younger as well. Uh, my friends and I we used to we used to do this thing called LARPing, where we would pretend we were oh, awesome. Yeah, like we used to dress <laughs> up as stuff, and you know, like people and random characters, and just go out there and fight each other, you know, like fake fight and have these elaborate storylines and stuff. So when I found out about the furry stuff, I'm like, wow, this is really cool. Um, like what what got you into this life so like how do you find out like hey you know i i like this sure so that's an interesting question and you know i would actually say based on the people that i've talked to my story is actually similar to a lot of furries that i've met um so you know i'm not like some you know it's not that my story is like oh well that's weird you know uh i was one of the people that you know I got into it because of the artwork. Like there are some just incredible artists in the furry community, like uh, people who, you know, they would be working for Disney, but they make more money drawing furries. Like it's, it's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, the, there's a, there's a website that your viewers can check out called uh, it's called furaffinity.net. And now there, uh, there are some uh, not safe for work stuff on there. So if, uh, if your viewers want to check it out, just, uh, you know, if you're under the age of 18, just make sure you turn it on, you know, rated G, you know, <laughs> but, uh, the, uh, there's, uh, there's just tens of thousands of artists that post on there and just, just such, such interesting, uh, such interesting, um, artwork of all different types of characters and species and, you know, invented species and all these different things. And, you know, for me and for a lot of other people who grew up watching, you know, things like Disney movies and, you know, cartoons and all of this, you know, grew up watching, you know, cartoons of uh, anthropomorphic characters, Uh, you know, for whatever reason, there's just some, you know, some people have estimated it somewhere around 1% or maybe a half a percent of the population that just that, that love of those characters from childhood just really stuck with them and they still enjoy the, the art even as an adult. Yeah. I mean, the first thing I I noticed, the first thing that came to my mind actually when I was looking at your website was like, geez, man, this looks like Disney. And these are actual people drawing these images up that are on your website, right? These are like actual people that you know, or are they just people that found your website somehow? Or like, how do you like attain these artists? Like, how do you get them? Sure. So uh, we are actually one of the biggest uh, furry merch websites. Uh, If I recall correctly, I'd I'd have to check the numbers, but if I recall correctly, it's over 600 artists on our site. 
and uh, several thousand different uh, t-shirt designs. Um, and so uh, the vast majority uh, is just somebody signed up for the website, wanted to make some extra money, and uh, they've started uploading their t-shirts to uh, to the site and you know promoting it to their fans on you know for affinity or Twitter or wherever they uh, wherever they have an audience. Wow, that's that's pretty cool, man. Uh, I'm I'm checking that right now. I'm looking at uh, your 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 cause, and you guys do have a nice following. So how big is this furry community? Because you guys were looking to get what sixty thousand dollars it was, and you guys looks like you surpassed that right now. You're at sixty one oh three thirteen. So that uh, two separate questions there. So one, is how big is the total furry community around the world? And uh, two, uh, talking about our fundraiser, which I am very excited to talk about because that was a that was a whirlwind effort. Um, so uh, as far as the total furry community in the world, um, there's two different metrics that you can use to estimate. And uh, the one that I like to use to estimate is the number of people who attend furry conventions, because that's a, a much easier number to pin down. Um, so the, uh, the number of people who attend furry conventions, if you add it all up, and of course, you know, some people go to more than one, but you know, if you average it out, it's somewhere around a hundred thousand people, uh, who attend furry conventions each year. Oh my God. Um, yeah. <laughs> hundred thousand people. <laughs> That's awesome. Right. Uh, now the people who are quote casual furries, uh, you know, the same way that somebody could be like a casual Marvel fan or something like that, uh, is, you know, estimates range from a million to 10 million, you know, it, nobody is really sure exactly. But, you know, you, you know, speaking from my own experience, you know, the type of furry that I was in 2011 or whatever, where, you know, I just enjoyed the artwork, I went on for affinity from time to time, but I wasn't like going to conventions and, you know, thinking about buying a fursuit and all of these different things. Um, so, uh, you know, nobody knows, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's quite a lot. And, um, it's it's actually a really great community. I, I know it has a lot of stigma in uh, you know, even in general nerd culture. Uh, there's some stigma around furries, but uh, uh, you know I invite anybody who uh, anybody who's interested to just jump in. You know, there's plenty of Discord servers. Um, there's plenty of you know Twitter communities, uh, fur affinity, all of these different places where you can meet furries and just you know see if it's uh, see if it's your thing. Hey, if you are an admin on any of those sites, please send me an invite because I would like to get into this because I just want to ask questions, man. Like I, I love to learn things and this is something I've I've been very interested in. Like I said, it's fate that brought us together, my friend. <laughs> there we <laughs> it's go. Fate, it's fate, my friend. But uh, tell us a little bit about your your uh, last chance corral, the uh, like exactly like what you're raising money for. Sixty one thousand dollars, man. I can't believe it. This is amazing, dude. Good job. Yeah. Good. Good on you wow. for doing it. Oh my God! I uh, so this is an interesting story. I I was actually at a furry convention uh, called Midwest Fur Fest, the world's largest furry convention, um, and I had a I was working at a table there, and I was just sitting there waiting for my next customer, and I was like, you know, we have all of these people on Artwork Tea on my website, and they take pictures of themselves all the time, and if I just ask them for pictures. I bet we could make a really cool, like, you know, quote unquote, pinup calendar, you know, not, not sexualized in any way, but like <laughs> just a, just a calendar of, of these, you know, people who, uh, you know, these people love, you know, a lot of these people, um, you know, have, you know, 
10,000, 20,000. Uh, the, the most popular person in the calendar is actually the most popular furry with over 220,000 subscribers on YouTube. Wow. Are you kidding me? That's yeah. insane. Right. And so, um, it was a, it was a long, it was a long road. It was like herding cats, uh, is what I like to say. <laughs> but, um, we, uh, we spent several months, uh, you know, talking with the different people, getting the photos together. Um, some of them we got to do, uh, we got to actually go out and do photo shoots with them. Um, but, uh, most of the pictures were submitted by people who, you know, if, if somebody can pay, you know, $5,000 for a fursuit, they can, uh, they can afford a nice camera to take a picture of themselves. And so, um, uh, you know, we finally got all the, pic- uh, we finally got all the pictures in and, uh, one of the fursuiters, um, and her name is uh, Telephone, or her, her fandom name is Telephone. Uh, she actually suggested the Last Chance Corral charity, which is, she loves horses. Uh, she actually raises horses herself. And so, you know, she, uh, she suggested them. And so uh, all I did was I just gave them a call, and it was, <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was so funny. So, so I give them a call on their, on their line. And I learned, uh, you know, when I when I went out there that, you know, so this this lady, Victoria, is the person who actually started this charity in you know, 1985 or whatever. So she's been doing this forever. Okay. And she actually takes her uh, she actually takes her handset around with her. And so she's actually talking to me in the horse barn. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, and so I'm talking to her, I'm like, Hey, uh, you know, I know you've worked with furries in the past. Um, cause they, they did a fundraiser with another furry convention about a year ago. Uh, I, I said, I know you've worked with furries in the past and, you know, if you're interested, uh, you know, we have this idea and, uh, we would love to work with you. And, uh, she goes, Oh, you have to talk to my daughter. And she's like really gruff. It's, it's so funny. <laughs> uh, she's like, you have to talk to my daughter. She does all the computer stuff. Uh, I'm like, oh, well, you know, and, and start explaining more about it. She's like, no, 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 no. You have to talk to my daughter. I, I feed the horses. They're looking angrily at me. And I'm like, oh, okay, got it. <laughs> so, uh, so I got in contact with them and they were super gracious, just incredible people. I like, you know, I, I, I am in awe by how hardworking they are. And, you know, like one of the things that Victoria said to me while, while she was out there, while we were out there, um, you know, uh, taking video and, and photos of everything was, you know, she's like, oh, you know, when during the season when the, the baby horses are born, you know, it's only from, you know, 6 a.m. to midnight, you know, and that's only for eight months out of the year. And it's just, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, what we were able to do was coordinate uh, five different uh, uh, five different fursuiters to come out, um, and uh, we actually drove out to the Last Chance Corral, which um, is in Ohio, and uh, we got some just great pictures and video. And I can actually send you some if you wanna if you wanna link it in your show notes or something. Oh, please, um, please do for sure. Uh, and just. The horses were so cute. Oh my God. They were so adorable. Just like inquisitive and curious. And like, uh, one, one time they, they were like uh, licking the fursuits. Oh my God. It, it was a, it was a crazy, like really cool experience. And every, everybody had a great time. And, um, so then we, we come back home 
And uh, we put together the Indiegogo campaign and we, we have, you know, videos that uh, some of these people, you know, the people with the, with the followings, they put together different videos for YouTube and social media and all of this. Sure. And uh, our initial goal was uh, 30,000, which, uh, you know, I thought was an ambitious goal. I totally didn't think we would get there. <laughs> yeah, you guys crushed that. I'll tell you, man. That's awesome. Oh, my God. Yeah, over 200% funded, which is just absolutely crazy. That is insane. And you guys are doing a good thing out there, man. You know, um, but but let me ask you a question real quick, Neil. Are you wearing a suit right now? Uh, no, actually <laughs> not. Um, I I actually don't own a fursuit yet. I, I would like to get one, but, uh, you know, they're very expensive. Um, wait a second. Wait a second. So, wait, you're, you're a furry and you don't have a suit? Yeah, like I said, <laughs> uh, you know, about uh, two-thirds of furries actually don't have a fursuit of their own. So it's more or less like an identity. It's it's like something that you self-identify as. That's true. That's okay. true. Yeah, it's um, it's it's uh, some people have called it a subculture. So um, the same way that somebody could be like a punk or a metalhead or something like that. You know, you don't have to you don't have to play the guitar to be a metalhead. You know, exactly. a lot of a lot of people who are metalheads do play the guitar, but it's not a requirement to be part of the subculture. It's a very good analogy that right there, and I'm glad you said that. Um, so have you had, like, I'm sure you get judged a lot in life because of this whole furry thing. And, like, mm. like can you uh, kind of, like, give a story or a time when, like, you know, uh, ignorant people out there kind of gave you guys a hard time because of what you identify as? And is it, and is it something that you that you share openly? Like, do you say, Hey, I'm a furry. Is that like the first thing that comes out in the conversation or how does that come out? That's a really interesting question. And, uh, I would actually argue that, um, the, the furry community was pretty severely stigmatized in the early two thousands. Uh, there was like a CSI, uh, there was a CSI show that was one of the first introductions to, to furry for a lot of people. And, you know, they just, painted them as, you know, deviants and, oh, look how gross they are and da, 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 da. And so, you know, for many, many years, if you just asked an average person on the street, like, you know, do you know about furries? If they, if they did, they would have seen it on CSI and they have a pretty negative perception of it. Of course. However, uh, interestingly enough, I would actually argue, you know, based on my own experience, based on the experience of, of other people that I've talked to, that uh, furry has actually become a lot less stigmatized uh, over the past five to ten years or so. Um, just as one simple example, uh, there's been a lot of really positive uh, coverage of furries in recent years. Uh, there was a show um, called This Is Life with Lisa Ling, uh, which aired on CNN a couple That's of months right. ago. That's right. I love Lisa Ling. Yeah. Oh, oh she's awesome. She's amazing. She's a lot of very informative shows she's had on. Absolutely. And uh, she did a great episode about furries where she was, you know, talking about all the different positive aspects and like, you know, how it helps people find a community, how it helps people to be creative and, you know, all the fundraising that furries do. And, uh, you know, it was just a very positive, you know, look, whereas, you know, I, I would have expected, you know, five or 10 years ago and not, not Lisa Ling, of course, she's, she's a great journalist, but like, you know, it, it would have been much more likely, you know, five or 10 years ago for CNN to do like, what are furries? Are they coming for your children? You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's incredible. But I think it's great. I, I, I love the fact that there is a community of close knit people 
that just enjoy being together and they have a common they have like a common interest which is being a furry and there's no harm in it like i don't see a problem of course you're probably gonna have you know like a bad one or two out there because the first thing i i I found when i typed in furry was was porn it it, it was was porn i wasn't sure whether or not this was a uh whether or not this was a g-rated show or not oh no we talk shit man you you can cuss you can say whatever the hell you want my friend go go for it neil got it got it got it okay uh, well, yes. So uh, there is a, you know, there is a sexual aspect to the furry community, and you know, it, some people, some people have tried to deny it, and you know, it's that's just silly. You know, there's there's not a, you know, I, there are not very many humans on Earth who are not sexual beings. You know, of course. it's, um, I, my, I would argue, at least from my experience, you know, I've I've been to anime conventions, I've been to uh, I've been to comic cons, I've been, you know, been to all of these different things. My opinion is that furry is not more sexual than these other communities. I mean, if you if you look at anime fans, I mean, you know, there's so much anime, you know, pornography on the Internet, like so much. (laughs) If you look at my search Uh, history, you'll probably find quite a bit of it. (laughs) Right. Right. Exactly. And so, you know, uh, the way that the way that I would frame it to people is, you know, yes, there is a sexual component to furry. And, you know, there's even, you know, people who, you know, prefer to have sex in their fursuit or, you know, uh, they wouldn't, you know, date somebody who wasn't a furry or something like that. But, you know, my opinion is that I would argue that's the same in, in a lot of different communities. So, you know, if you're if you're really into cars, would you want to marry somebody who wasn't also really into cars? Probably not. <laughs> exactly. Well, there was an interesting story. Uh, I, I did find on the internet, a guy had sex with his car. That's how, that's how in love with oh, it he was. He, he, he put it right up the tailpipe, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. See, furries aren't stranger than that. <laughs> no, and, and the thing is, is like, I, I, I really respect it. I think it's cool. It's a bunch of people getting together and just having a common interest, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's like a bike group, you know, like a bunch of guys that ride motorcycles. I live in Myrtle Beach and we yeah, have this exactly. thing. Yeah, well, we have this thing called Bike Week where, you know, guys come down, they ride bikes together, they put their vests on. I mean, what what's so wrong about that? Like, what's so wrong with people putting on a suit? You know, I, I, I just don't see a problem with it. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, uh, what I've what I've experienced and what I've noticed with with a lot of furries um, is that in a lot of cases, it's people who they haven't found a community with other people. So, like, you know, maybe they uh, I don't know, we were bullied in school or for whatever reason have, you know, social anxiety or something like that. But uh, the furry community is so open and welcoming and in, in addition, for people who have anxiety, oftentimes they feel really freed by being in a costume where nobody knows who they really are. Uh, they feel um, like they can, you know, you know, just run up and give somebody a hug or, you know, uh, you know, go to a dance party and, and dance, you know, all night, you know, like, and sure. this, uh, for, for a lot of people who feel anxious around other people, they feel like, you know, oh, I can finally be myself without being self-conscious. Very good answer there, man. Um, like, like, like I can definitely understand, you know, you, you're putting on an outfit and it helps you become someone else, something that you wish you could be or or just like change your whole personality up. Me, personally, yeah, exactly. I am complete introvert. Like if this interview happened face to face, I couldn't do it. 
I, I, I created this podcast a while back because my wife and I are, are complete homebodies. We don't like to talk to people. We, uh, we say to ourselves, our neighbors don't even know our names. They would know it only if they got our mail by accident. So it's like, uh, so I, I understand the whole thing. Like you, you put on this furry suit and you become someone else. You can, you can be the happy go lucky person. You can get around other people and it, it helps you just become someone else, you know? And, 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 and I can appreciate that someone from from a mental illness background, you know, someone that just has issues talking to people. If I had a furry suit, shit, I might go out there and do cartwheels, you know, who knows, man. Exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, you know, there are, I think, two now uh, furry conventions in uh, in North Carolina. You know, you, maybe you should go. Oh, geez, I would love to. I, I, I would love I, I may not wear an outfit. I'm going to be honest with you here. I think it's uh Probably not up my alley, but I do appreciate it, and 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 I would like to consider myself an ally. There you go. If that's a thing, I I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's a thing. Like oh, totally. Uh, it's actually really fun. So uh, so we do uh, we do the website, we do our charity stuff, and then we also go to the conventions and sell T-shirts at the. It's, it's you know it's funny because you know in the in regular conventions it'll be usually called like the dealers hall or you know something like that. At a furry convention, it's called the Dealer's Den, uh, you know, just because. Um, and uh, so what I what I meet oftentimes, because uh, many furries are, are really young. So like, you know, 12, 15, 18, you know, that kind of age range is, is pretty common. And so they'll usually be with their with their parent. And so uh, <laughs> and you can always tell when the parent is not a furry because they have a really confused look on their face. <laughs> invariably invariably and like the kid comes up it's like oh i love this shirt oh it's so cool and then the mom is just like "Uh uh-huh uh-huh like looking around for danger it's uh, oh my god it's 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 so funny and like i i try to help them feel at ease and like you know hey you know i'm so glad you're supporting your kid and you know i'm really glad you're here and oftentimes it you know helps them you know open right up but uh but yeah i i have definitely seen the the ally parent many many times uh, so you'd be right at home with them you know oh what the what the heck is that is that a dragon mixed with a kangaroo what what <laughs> now is this something that you grow out of i mean is, is it something that like you, you just found it one day and it's like well maybe i'll get out of it or is this like a lifestyle is this something that you're always going to be a part of that is an interesting question, and uh, the, I've actually heard a lot of different answers on this. Um, you know, there there are many people of all different ages in the furry community. So, you know, I've met people, I'm trying to remember, probably the oldest I've met at a furry convention is like 70, 75. And, like, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, I've been a furry since the Jungle Book came out. Yeah, like, <laughs> but, uh, but, but in general, it's uh, people who are – I would say average is probably 15 to 15 to 30, I would say would probably be the average. Um, and I think that's for a couple of reasons. One, uh, virtually all, not, I mean, you, I'm sure there's exceptions, but virtually all furries found it on the internet. And so if you are not a, you know, person who uses the internet a lot, you're a lot less likely to become a furry. Even if you love, you know, anthropomorphic animals and in addition to that uh there's some interesting um psychological research that says you know basically whatever you whatever you experienced during your adolescent years tends to be what you enjoy for the rest of your life okay so 
uh, you know, somebody who grew up, you know, take my dad as an example. When he was a, when he was a, you know, adolescent, he listened to rock and roll all the time on the radio. And so now he listens to rock and roll all the time, you know, and he's, you know, 50 or 60 or whatever. So, uh, I would, I think that there's this generation of people who grew up on, you know, Disney afternoon and, you know, all of these different, all of these different movies at when they were, you know, you know, 13 to 19. And they are now the, the generation of furries that we have now. And I would be surprised if a lot of them drop off as they, as they get older, just because, you know, again, you know, same way that my dad listens to rock and roll, you know, I, I doubt he would ever quote unquote grow out of it. And, uh, the, uh, I, my opinion is that's that's relatively similar for furries as well. As a counterpoint, uh, some people do, you know, uh, you know, be, you know, get a family, get a steady job, and some people do, you know, decide to, you know, move on to less less uh, outlandish and silly things. But you know, I uh, people people have uh, people have you know changes in their interests and all of that. But you know, I. Uh, I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens over the next 10 years or so because the furry community is actually growing really quickly. Um, the uh, If you look at the statistics for the different conventions, um, a lot of them are growing by like 40, 50% per year. Wow. So, you know, one year it'll be 1,000 people and then the next year it'll be 2,000 and then the next year it'll be 3,000 and then the next year it'll be 10,000. Like, it's, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, the... Um, it's growing so quickly that I'm interested to see whether or not there's continued growth for the next, you know, 10 years or whether it kind of tapers off, whether, you know, everybody who is going to join ends up joining essentially. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see whether or not they stick around or not. Sure. Now, now let me ask you this. Now you did mention family. Now, do you have a family? Are you married? Do you have kids? Like what do they think about this? Sure. So, uh, I am, uh, I'm not married, but I, uh, I do have a boyfriend. Okay. Uh, he is a furry as well. Uh, I know. Right. Uh, and, uh, my roommate, uh, is a furry also. Um, so, you know, just, a, just a big old, uh, you know, fluffy house here. But, <laughs> I would love uh, to see that closet. <laughs> oh, oh boy. Uh, lots of furry t-shirts. No surprise there. But now, um, now, do you guys eat on dinner plates or do you eat out of a dog bowl? Oh, dog bowls. Definitely. <laughs> that was no, a horrible, that was a horrible <laughs> joke. I told you I was going to poke a little fun, but I, but I, but man, like I, I, and I don't take a little uh, segue here. I, I really appreciate you coming on the show, Neil. You're, you're an awesome guest. Oh, I appreciate it. So, uh, so, but, 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 but yeah, go ahead and, and uh, continue. Uh, because 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 I, I really like, like like what do they think about this like how did they get into it and how did you guys meet sure so uh the uh the the way that i met my uh my roommate is actually a really cool story so uh i was actually at an anime convention it was my very my very first convention that i went to that was a that was a fandom convention you know i'd been to trade shows and stuff like that but i'd never been to a comic-con type event and so I go to this uh, this uh, convention in Austin, Texas, 
Uh, and at the time, I was I was uh, very interested in uh, the My Little Pony show. Uh, it just come out. It was uh, you know, if you if you know anything about bronies, that was a that was a big thing at the time. That's like the horse thing, right? Or is that like? A, oh yeah. A, okay. Okay. Uh, and so uh, Melody, my roommate, was running a uh, was running a tabletop RPG campaign and using little uh, using little um, little My Little Pony. Uh, figures as the little character markers on it and I was like oh my god I love tabletop I want to play and and uh, we just had so much fun uh and you know we just became really good friends um you know at the time it was of course everybody's communicating on Skype so that was uh that was how we we connected and you know got to know each other and uh you know just been good friends uh you know worked on each other's projects uh you know it's it's really cool, and I mean that's that's a lot of times how how furries will meet each other. Whether it's you know whether their friendship starts online, meeting on a forum, or you know meeting on a Discord server, and then meeting each other at a convention, you know just to hang out, you know, or uh, or in many cases, you know, you go to a convention, you meet somebody cool, and then you you know become friends, uh, talking online, playing games, you know, it's uh, it's a really interesting type of community because you know a lot of a lot of friendships that people have tend to be you know in person whether they're you know co-workers or whether they're you know people you meet at school or something like that whereas furries they they have a much higher uh a much higher rate of you know online friendships and so you know maybe half or 75 percent of their friends are from all around the world you know from you know you know a furry from Japan, and you know a furry from China, and you know a furry from you know uh, India or, or wherever. But uh, because you all have that same interest, uh, the distance doesn't really matter. Sure, sure. Now, 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 let me ask you this. Now, do you guys wear the outfits? Now, I know you don't have one, but now people that do have the outfits, do they wear them for a certain percentage of the day, or do they, you know, like? on all the time or is it because back in the day when i used to do uh larping when we would go away for the weekend like you would have time frames where you would be in character is this something that like you guys do or is it all the time like what is this is it like like you gotta help me understand this a little bit more sure absolutely so uh imagine for yourself if you had a costume that was made out of shag carpet and it covered your entire body (laughs) (laughs) uh i i know some for it this is the more extreme version but you know i i know some furries who would prefer to wear their fursuit all the time but uh it's just it's too hot like it you know even at even at room temperature you know you're you're sweating and you know you can get overheated really easily so in general depending on the suit you know people can go out for 10 15 minutes or maybe even as long as half an hour if it's a little bit lighter suit but like, especially if you have thick fur on your fursuit, you can really only be out for a few minutes at a time. And then you have to go and, you know, drink some water. And sure. um, uh, so from what I've seen, in general, people tend to mostly wear them at events or, you know, conventions or something like that. You know, maybe they'll go and do uh, a lot of a lot of furries. Uh, one of the things that they'll do, uh, they have a big group for it in um in Seattle, Washington, is they have every month they go out to the children's hospital and they just visit the kids in the hospital, you know, wearing their suits and, you know, just, you know, play games or, you know, whatever, that, whatever the kids want to do. And, uh, and, but, you know, they, they don't wear them 
all day. They wear them for, you know, 15, 30 minutes at a time. Yeah, I can imagine they get really hot. But I'll, I'll too, I, I love that the fact that you guys go out there and do things for the kids. I, I, I think that's awesome. I mean, like, absolutely. Yeah. Like I, I have two kids. Um, they're 11 and nine right now, and they would love to be at one of these conventions because they love Disney characters. They, they just love everything about it. We've never been to Disneyland, but I imagine that your, uh, your gatherings of furries are probably somewhat the same. I would actually argue that, uh, in terms of the costumed characters, I would actually argue it's better because you're meeting somebody who is that character. And like it rather than rather than like somebody at Disney who, uh, you know, they're they're putting on the goofy suit, but like they can act like goofy. But you like intellectually, you're like, eh, I mean, I know it's an actor in a costume, obviously. <laughs> Whereas if you're talking to a furry, they in many cases, they identify really strongly with that character. And like there's there's videos of people like put, it's it's so interesting. You know, I love I love studying psychology and like it's so interesting how uh you know you'll see these videos of like people putting on their fursuit for the first time and uh they'll look in a mirror and they're like oh my god it's me like i'm finally myself and it's it's so interesting <laughs> that's awesome that, that is so cool man i i'm telling you what man like I, i'm definitely learning a lot and i hope our, our listeners here on the voices of misery podcast are in, enjoying this because this is something that i've been a big fan of just learning about because like i because like i said i do have mental illness and and i hide behind you know the microphone here and i do the whole thing on the podcast so how do you guys determine like what your identity is like what your animal is or like whatever it is that you you, you go out you buy a suit how do you determine what suit you're gonna buy that is a really interesting question, and uh, it's different for each person. But uh, in general, um, so uh, there's a couple of different things that people do. But in general, what people will do is um, they'll pick an animal that they identify with. So the the joke that you know a lot of people make on Twitter is uh, you know it's your spirit animal. But uh, you know people will make the joke you know oh that's not your spirit animal that's your persona you know. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> A lot of times people will choose an animal that they strongly identify with. Like, you know, if somebody is, you know, I, I don't know if you, you probably know this term from the gay community uh, of a bear, quote unquote. Yes, the big hairy guy. Yeah, right. So if somebody is big and, you know, maybe a little <laughs> overweight, maybe they'll choose a bear as their character because they identify with that. Uh, maybe, maybe they identify with that animal. Um uh, or, you know, if somebody is small and, like, live, maybe they'll pick an otter as their character because that fits their body type or their personality even. Um, a lot of people uh, who are, you know, fiery and, you know, uh, they'll pick a dragon because they want to be that, you know, aggressive, you know, uh, type of character. So, you know, and again, it depends on the person, but in general, people will pick an animal species that they feel fits their personality or their body type or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then oftentimes what people will do is they will, you know, write down in words what they want their character to look like. And they'll go to a furry artist and pay them to make what's called a reference sheet. So, uh, it, it, interestingly enough, uh, a concept from animation where you basically make a... A, uh, a drawing of a character from different angles 
uh, you know, maybe front, back, and side, or, you know, jumping, or, you know, whatever, like all different, all different poses for the same character. And then they'll take the reference sheet to one of these fursuit makers and say, you know, I want it to look like this. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you did mention that you are a gay male. Do That's you, right. Do you uh, see in the community of furries, is, is it mostly like homosexual or transgender? Like what exactly is, is it everybody like everyone's welcome or is, do you see more or less like, you know, like mostly gay or straight? Like what do you see in the community? Sure. So this is an interesting, uh, this is another interesting topic because, um, there's a lot of communities that have a really, you know, wide representation of, of all different types of, of sexual identities. So for example, if, if you did a survey of anime fans, or if you did a survey of comic book fans, uh, you would probably find a relatively similar distribution of different types of sexual expression that you would find in the general population. So, you know, somewhere around, uh, I'm trying to remember the numbers off the top of my head, but somewhere around, you know, 85% straight, 10% bisexual, 5% gay, or something like that. It's uh, That's roughly the numbers that I remember from studies that I've seen. Um, however, uh, in the furry community, uh, there is actually a much higher percentage of uh, gay and bisexual uh, and even uh, you know, other identities too, asexual, uh, transgender, all of these different um, all these different types of people. Uh, there, there is a there's a much higher percentage than in the general population. Um, some estimates have put it as high as like 50, uh, 50 to 70 percent is uh, uh bisexual or gay uh members of the furry community and uh it's it's i'm actually not really sure why uh there's some different theories about it like for example um the first really big furry conventions were in california uh there were like two or three big furry conventions in california before there were big furry conventions anywhere else Mm. um well, 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 and let me stop here for a second. Uh, and sure. Do you think it's because it's it, it's it's anonymous? Like maybe there's a little bit of shame involved where once you put on that outfit, you could be whoever you want. And if you're gay, and I know because because like I'm, like I am a straight male, obviously I have a wife and kids, but I have no problems with the LGBTQ community. I I I mean like some of my best friends were were, were gay, so I I just want to understand a little bit more. Like, do you think? Do you think that's a part of the reason why most of the people that are into the furry community are, are, are gays? Because, like, there's a little bit of shame and, like, you can put the outfit on and kind of be yourself without worries of retaliation or anything like that. Sure. Yeah, that uh, that's definitely a part of it. I, um, and, you know, I'm, I'm from a rural community, so I may be a little bit biased, but uh, I, I wonder if one of the reasons why there are so many uh, – it, it's very, very common – for someone to be like myself in the furry community, you know, from a rural community, uh, you know, grew up and then learned that they were gay relatively late in life, uh, and, you know, became part of the furry community. Um, and, you know, I wonder if there is this, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it. I wonder if there's like this tendency for this type of person to be, become, you know, part of the furry community because, if a person is in a rural community where they don't feel accepted, 
oftentimes they're going to turn to the internet. You know, they're, they're going to say, oh, well, you know, I can find friends online. And if, you are, if you're finding friends online, you're pretty likely to run into furries at some point just because, you know, there's these huge communities. You know, there's, there's Discord servers with, you know, five, 10,000 people. There's forums with, you know, 5,000 active members all day. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, uh, if you're, and please invite me to some of these because I would love to be a part of these communities. Just like it's just sure. to talk with other people and, and, and just to find out more, you know, because that's what this is all about. Just learning more. And I'm very happy that you're on here. And I got a ton more questions for you as well. Sure. So uh, just, to, just to finish my point real quick. Um, uh, another thing that I think is important is that the furry community is really accepting of all different types of people. You know, it, it's one of those like. Let, let, let me let me just give it as an example. You know, if if a person feels uncomfortable about being gay, and then they go to a furry convention, and there's all these people running around in neon green, you know, dog costumes, they're <laughs> not the weirdest person there, <laughs> not by a long shot. That's awesome. uh, and so, uh, you know, I would argue that you know this is one of the most important ways that the furry community helps people is that you know it makes you feel makes you feel not alone. And it makes you feel like you're part of the group that accepts you for who you are. And I, I think that's really great, especially for LGBT people. Exactly. You have to feel like you're part of a community and, and, and the strength of like you guys getting together and just having, you know, other like minded people together is just awesome. You know, like you, absolutely there, there's nothing worse than feeling alone in life. And, and, and the fact right. that you guys can just be together and just have fun and just, you know, just not give a shit and just be together. It's, it's just the coolest thing ever. Absolutely. You know, I, I know a lot of furries who they would never go out like to a, to a rave or to a dance or something like that. But they go to a furry convention and then, you know, they go at just about every furry convention has, you know, a dance on Friday and Saturday night and, uh, you know, they go out and they party and they, you know, have fun with all their friends. And it's like, you know, that person would never do that if they weren't <laughs> at a furry convention. And it's great. Like it, people go out and they have, you know, they'll come back and they say, it was the best weekend of my life. Like, I can't wait for next year. It's, it's so great. That's so cool. It's the whole sense of community thing. But let me ask you this question here, because uh, now I kind of want to segue over to the kind of like the uh, LGBTQ uh, topic here. Sure. Because like this is something that I just don't understand as a straight male. So you, you, you said you found out later in life that you were gay. Um, right. So like what were the early years like? So you were dating girls, obviously, or? Oh. <laughs> did, you, like, like, uh, did you date well, women? You know, like. Sure. So uh, if we're talking about me uh, personally, I grew up in a really fundamentalist uh, Christian family. And so all types of, you know, sexual expression, uh, you know, anything like that was strongly, strongly discouraged. So uh, basically, I was I was told by my family and by my community that I should find find a girlfriend, quote unquote. But I, I was never interested in girls. So I was just like, well, I guess I, you know, I guess I'm asexual or, you know, I don't know. Um, but, uh, it was, it was only after, you know, and again, I, I find it so interesting how many people like myself, you know, go to the internet for these different types of, of answers about, you know, whether they're looking for a community or looking to find out more about their sexuality or something like that, you know, and I, I learned 
you know, I, I actually read up on sexuality because, you know, I was from this community that, you know, they don't teach sex education. They don't teach, you know, they don't teach you anything sure. uh, other than the Bible, really. But, um, and so I, uh, you know, I learned all of these different things and I met, I met uh, gay and bisexual people that, you know, they weren't evil, like, you know, the, the fundamentalists were telling me, you know, they weren't, you know, oh, they need to be cleansed and da, 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 you know, <laughs> they need to come, come to the church and, you know, rel- relinquish their, their sexuality, you know, this is silly. Like, you know, yeah. all of these, all of these things that I was reading were saying, you know, you know, like, at least, at least 50% of sexuality is genetic. And Very like, true. Once, once I learned that, I was like, oh, well, that that cannot be true because a loving creator would not create someone who was, you know, had had a disposition that made them where they were sinful like that. That doesn't make any sense. You know, you a one of the most important parts of the religion is you have a choice. You know, you can choose to. You know, it's something simple like, you know, you can choose to steal or you can choose to, you know, hurt someone else or something like that. And like that is a clear choice between, you know, I can do the right thing or I can do the wrong thing. Whereas Mm -hmm. if a person does not have a choice, then that completely negates all of these different arguments. It, It makes it so that, you know, you're not talking about, you know, oh, well, you know, you can choose to. You can choose to be good and you can choose to, you know, do whatever. No, that that's not right. Like a, a person who has no attraction to anyone other than the same sex, it does not make sense to have been created that way if that way is quote unquote wrong. So what is your religious preference? It sounds like you're you're a, you're an atheist here. Hmm. Yeah, I, I am. Um, Me too. You know, and I, <laughs> cool. <laughs> Me too, my friend. I do not believe in God because I, I just think that uh, thing, things in life are, are just way too perfect. And and, and, and maybe I'm not an mm. atheist. And, and I've been kind of coming around the corner here on this one saying I'm agnostic. Because mm. I do think that life in general is just too perfect and things are set up in such a way that there has to be something that created us. But I don't believe necessarily in, you know, a man living in a whale for days and parting right. the seas and all that bullshit. Exactly. And, and the analogy that I like to use is like if, if I took a Superman comic book and buried it in the ground a thousand years later, if someone found that same comic and they read it, they would probably think Superman was was a real person who did it and, right. and, he, and he would be the new god. So exactly. I think right. the Bible is probably the world's first comic book. You know, it was passed around through many writers, and everybody put their own spin on things. And have you ever noticed how shit on women are in the Bible? In yeah. Every religion, yeah, women get. It's terrible. Yeah, they get the short end of the stick. You know, in every religion. It, you know, it's a really fascinating topic, and I, I fall more. You know, and again, this is just me personally. I have no problem with you know if somebody if somebody has a if somebody has a religion that they adhere to, and they're not hurting anyone else. You know, that's their choice. However, there are some really interesting uh, there are some really interesting arguments, and um, one of them is that uh, there there are some just absolutely fascinating. I I love reading books about astrophysics and like there there are so many interesting new theories that have only come out in the past 
20 or 30 years in many cases. You know, this is stuff that was like, in many cases, this is stuff that was discovered like after I was born, which is crazy. Uh, so the inflation theory, uh, if it's true, which uh, it, it, it adheres to all the different evidence that we have about, uh, about you know, the way the universe looks and, you know, essentially uh, to summarize it in a sentence or two, when we look out with these really powerful telescopes, we see that the universe is almost entirely uniform. Uh, and it's too uniform to have only expanded out to the horizon that we can see. So it is almost certain, based on the evidence that we have, that the universe is far bigger than the, uh, than the horizon that we can see. So, you know, we can see, uh, I'm trying to remember, it's like 15 billion light years in either direction. Uh, but it is almost entirely certain that the universe is much bigger than that. Uh, there are some, uh, there are some people who think that the universe is actually infinite. Like there is an infinite amount of matter and space in the universe. And then there are some people who think that the, uh, that it is not technically infinite, but it might as well be just because it's so enormous. Um, there, uh, if, if the inflation theory is correct, then the, the universe that we can see, you know, 15 billion light years in, e in any direction is the same size in comparison to the actual universe as a single atom is to an entire Milky Way galaxy. A single atom. Holy shit. My mind is blown right now, man. Our audience right? is probably like, how the hell did this moron get a smart guy on his show? That's probably what they're thinking <laughs> right now. <laughs> But oh, yeah. and, and to, to, to loop it back to your point, if that is the case, if the universe is actually infinite or close to infinite, or alternatively, another theory is that there's infinite parallel universes. So, you know, basically every time a quantum event happens, a, a, a new universe splits off. And so, you know, uh, there's a version of you that, is living in this parallel universe that has no idea that the you that is talking to me exists. Um, so uh, just as an example. Sure, sure. Uh, so if any of these theories are true, which, you know, we don't know. We, we need to study it a lot more. But if, if the universe is actually infinite, if there are infinite parallel universes, or if the universe is basically infinite, you know, where it's, you know, this, this enormous size but has a boundary at some point, uh, it is actually a, a, a near mathematical certainty that life would arise on some planet because you're talking about a near infinite number of planets. And when you're talking about a near infinite number of planets, that means every possible outcome that could happen does happen. And so uh, because that's uh, when you're talking about an infinite data set, uh, you know, these crazy things come out of it. So, you know, uh, there are at some point in the universe, a version of you that's colored blue. There has to be, because every single possibility has to have happened. Hmm. Um, very interesting. Very, very interesting. Now, so you're a proponent of, like, <clears throat> of, of life on other planets, obviously, and I think it's very naive when people say, like, oh, no, there's no life on other planets, because if we're here, there's got to be something elsewhere, you know? There, there has to be. It just doesn't make any sense that we're the only intelligent life out there. Right. It's, it's just unfortunate that, uh, you know, we're, we're so severely constrained by the speed of light. I mean, like if you, 
uh, it's it's oh my god it's so crazy i uh i wish i could show your viewers this this photo but it's basically um it's a picture of the milky way galaxy and there's a little teeny tiny like you know head of a pin sized dot on this on this picture of the galaxy and it's showing how far our radio signals have traveled within the last 60 years and like if those aliens are if there are aliens and they're not closer to us than that they have no way of knowing that we exist because our signals could not have reached them in that amount of time hmm okay okay so so obviously you're a believer in life on other planets and things like that so I, I I mean I don't know I think it's I think it's highly likely just based on the statistics. It, it has to be now. Do you think they would be furries if they came here? Well, <laughs> I, I mean, if we're talking about the infinite worlds theory, then uh, you know there are planets of uh, furries living out there in the universe, but uh, you know they're they're so far away that we could uh, we could never contact. Them. <laughs> what a shame that is. <laughs> so. Your, your family, and, and I want to bring this back to you a little bit here, uh, your, sure. your family, how do they feel about the, like, like, like your mom and dad and things like that, how do they feel about your, your, your lifestyle choice here? Sure. So uh, they don't like it. Um, no. <laughs> like I said, they're, they're yeah. fundamentalists. And, uh, you know, they've said, you know, many times, you know, oh, you know, you should get a real job. You shouldn't be, you know, doing these conventions and da, 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 da. And, uh, and then, you know, I go and make more in a weekend than my mom does, who's a doctor. So, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's just kind of fun, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's another thing I wanted to bring up too. Like, so you, you have the t-shirt website, you're doing pretty good for yourself, obviously. Um, you, you've raised so much money for such a good cause and, and I definitely applaud that because it, it, it's, it's really cool, man. And I'm down with anything that involves helping animals in any way. Absolutely. So you guys, I mean, so, so like you in general, like you're doing very well for yourself. Do you have like a regular job or is this your primary thing? No, this is uh, this is my full time job. Um, we have had some financial difficulties this year. We had, uh, unfortunately, uh, we had uh, a business next to ours actually catch on fire. So uh, we had to deal with that for a couple of months. But, uh, oh, God, that was that was a nightmare. But um, uh but yeah, in general, we, we do pretty well. Uh, we have about, um, off the top of my head, we have about seven different people that help us either on a full-time or part-time basis. Uh, we have, you know, people who run, uh, people who run the website, people who, uh, you know, I have a, I have a developer who is making, you know, another version of the website that's going to be improved. I have people to do sales. I have people to prepare inventory and you know, all of these different things. It's, it's, a, it's a big job. You know, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it is a full-time job, not just for me, but for multiple people. Good for you, man. I mean, like you are living America's dream right now. Everybody wants to work for themselves. No one wants an asshole boss telling them what to do. Right. Go ahead and go ahead and clean that toilet. Go ahead and do this. Go ahead and help this customer. Like you are doing it. Like you are the man right now. You're at the top of the food chain. You know, you got your own business. You're supporting yourself, your family. You're doing a good thing for yourself, man. I, 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 I'm definitely very jealous right now. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, if only I can, uh, if only I can have a little bit less stress in my life. But uh, you know, it, we we can't have everything. <laughs> well, you got to get yourself one of those suits. Now, what suit would you pick if you had to buy a suit right now? Oh, see, see, if I was going to buy a suit, I would buy one for my boyfriend, who is a uh, he's a wolf furry. So I I would buy a a wolf fur suit for him. 
Whereas uh, if I was going to buy one for myself, I would buy a uh, I would buy a fox fur suit for myself. Okay. Now, does he have one? Because you don't have one. Does he have one? Not yet. Uh, he does want to get one, but you know, again, they're super expensive. Like yeah. people people save up for years to be able to buy one in many cases. And, and and I'll never take it for granted again when I go to like a high school game because we have a high school right across the street from us. We go to a game and we see like a mascot jumping around or whatever. It's like, holy shit, like you, you really don't understand the time and effort it takes to make that outfit and what they do when they put that outfit on. Absolutely. Like, well, and and it, it is it is not certain. You know, there are plenty of people who do mascotting who, uh, who are not furries, but it is highly likely that if there is a furry in your school – you know, if, if your audience is going to school or, you know, if you go to a school to watch a game, it is highly likely that the mascot performer is a furry. It, it is it is very, very likely. I absolutely love it, man. Neil, you you are phenomenal, man. You, you should have your own podcast because you're, re- you're very good at this. You, sh- you should do it. <laughs> that would be fun. <laughs> Well, man, like I, I, I really want to appreciate you coming on today. Uh, we've like kind of hit our time limit here, you know. Like I said, about a half hour to an hour, or so we've gone about forty-seven minutes. And cool. I, dude, I'm a huge fan. I appreciate you coming on and you know taking a few jabs here and there, you know, just things like that. I, you know, it comes from a place of love. I respect the hell out of what you're doing. Um, I think you're a great guy. And I'm going to ask you this question here: What do you want to plug or anything like that before we uh, end the show here? Sure. So uh, if anybody is interested, uh, there's a lot of communities where people can uh, where people can join to learn more about furries. I'll, I'll send you some links uh, like we actually have a discord server for another project that I'm working on. Uh, it's a furry news website called Awu News, A-W-O-O-N-E-W-S dot com. Uh, so, uh, if people are interested in joining, I'll, I'll send you the link to the, uh, to the discord server for that. Sure. And, uh, if you or any of your audience are interested in, in taking a look, meeting some furries, uh, you'd be more than welcome. Uh, if anybody is interested in, uh, checking out my, uh, my t-shirt website, that's artworkt.com, A-R-T-W-O-R-K-T-E-E.com. And, uh, that, you know, every purchase that someone makes on there, uh, supports an independent artist. Uh, you know, the, uh, we're all, we're all about supporting artists. Like, you know, there's so many, there's so many great artists in the community and many of them make, you know, less than minimum wage when you're talking about an hourly basis. And, you know, we want to change that, you know, we want to make it where, you know, a lot of these artists can make a, a better living for themselves and, uh, be able to pursue it you know, if they're doing it part-time, be able to pursue it full-time. Um, so anyway, if anybody is interested, you've got all kinds of really cool shirts on there. Um, and, uh, and yeah, uh, if they want to check out the Indiegogo campaign, I'll, I'll send you a link to that as well. If they're interested in, um, the, uh, the helping the, out the charity that, uh, rescues baby horses, uh, they're super cute and they need your help. <laughs> We raised uh, sixty-one. What is it right now? Sixty-one three three four or something like that. It was really high. Jeez. Yeah, that's Jesus. That is way more than I could have ever expected. <laughs> but uh, if anybody wants to help out, uh, help save a baby horse, they are they're more than welcome to check that out as well. Yeah, you guys are killing it right now, man. I appreciate the hell out of you coming on. Um, this is this has been awesome. This has been my personal favorite show I've ever done. I think. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should bring more people on who uh, read Astro. Books for fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, I definitely learned a lot today. I hope our viewers did as well. Um, we actually just had a podcast not too long ago with uh, uh, Karen Parsons. I don't know if you know that name or not from the Fresh Prince of Bel Air and. Uh, what? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, she was on here, but I think you're 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 way smarter, my friend. So um, I'm I'm very happy to have you on. Uh, well, but, I appreciate it. But yeah, so send those links. We're gonna post this show up. Neil, uh, is there anything closing that you want to say, or you think you covered it all, or is there anything else you want to throw out there before we uh, close this thing out? Sure. I mean, the thing that I would leave your viewers or your listeners, <laughs> the thing that I would leave your listeners with is just you know, if if this sounds interesting to you. Just jump in, you know, jump in on Fur Affinity, on, you know, my Discord server, uh, you know, fi- find a furry community and see if it's for you. You know, it, not everybody is uh, not everybody is interested in being a furry. But, you know, if, if it sounds interesting to you, if you're looking for a community where you can uh, where you can find friends, especially if you're a person who is LGBT, like, you know, and you're having trouble finding friends, jump in. Like furries are a very accepting, open uh, community that you know you can be you can be gay you can be straight you can be from any country you can be you know rich poor you know whatever background that you have and and furries are happy to accept you that's awesome and that is what we need more of in this world is inclusion Neil, absolutely I, I would love to have you back on again man if you have ever have anything you want to plug you have our information you can contact us anytime we we'll, would love to have you back on Sounds great. I, I'd love to. All right, bud. I'm going to post this thing up and uh, send your links because I'm going to post that as soon as I get those links. I'm going to throw this up there for our listeners. But yeah, man, I, I, I appreciate it. I, I uh, would love to have you back on. So we'll talk to you soon, buddy. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Have a good one, my friend. You too. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. That was a freaking amazing podcast with a very, very smart guy, Neil very cool dude, uh, LGBTQ community guy, uh, you know, um, it was just fucking great. I'm, I'm like in awe right now. The guy was very smart, knew his shit, very friendly. Uh, he could take a joke for sure. Definitely going to have him back on. I'm, I'm going to be a part of that little community as far as, you know, posting in, you know, the, the Discord links and chats and things like that. Would love to have him back on because he was such a cool guest, very open. Um, he, he taught me a lot. I hope you guys learned a lot as well. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm just on cloud nine right now, and uh, we do have another podcast coming up on Tuesday with Sarah J, the porn star. I can't wait to talk to her. It's going to be freaking awesome. But yeah, uh, but yeah, the, the, the whole thing I want you guys to get from this is, you know, there are people out there that are different. They have different aspects of life and just do different things, you know, and uh, the sense of community is great because, like, no matter what background you have, if you're a gay person or if you're a you know drug user what whatever man like you you have to find people like you and you have to get with them and you have to uh you know just get just find like-minded people and and that's the key you know just find people like you and get that whole sense of community together and that's what's going to make us better as people you know like you find people like you 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 merge with them you you grow with them and that's and that's just the way it is man you know and uh Thank you, Neil, for coming on. You're a fucking great guest. Best guest we I, th- I think we've had on so far. And we're going to have more. I mean, I, I know I said we weren't going to be an interview podcast, but the thing is, was like, I'm, I'm having fun with this. And, and we're still learning and growing. So if this one sounded a little bit rough, I mean, like, might have sounded like I wasn't the most experienced, you know, interviewer or whatever, it's going to get better. And this podcast is young, man. We're less than six months old. So 
more and more guests like Neil, I think we'll be good to go. But yeah, I'm going to pass it off to my friend Stevie Richards, and we're going to call this one a show. We'll see you next time, people. Hey, everyone, this is Stevie Richards. I'm here to tell you, you don't necessarily need all this equipment to get in the best shape of your life. All you need is this, a resistance band. I'm so proud to offer the 12-week resistance band training program, the most affordable, accessible workout program out there. And what do I mean by accessible? You can do it anywhere. And by anywhere, I mean anywhere. The 12-week resistance band training program also offers full overview videos, instructions for each and every exercise, as well as modifications for those exercises. We also offer an amazing support community through a closed Facebook group created by the users of the 12-week resistance band training program, as well as direct email support with me. So join all the other inspirational stories and testimonials and get the 12-week resistance band training program. And remember, if you have any questions, feel free to email me, Stevie Richards Fitness at gmail. Thank you. God bless you. Remember, I'm here every step of the way to help you through this fitness journey.